Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. I'm so very glad you're here. It makes me feel warm in this cold, desolate season. This week, we are getting into some serious Spider-Man business. All kinds of Spider-Man will be read, and it will be discussed, and it will be celebrated. Hopefully. But, before we do that, there's something we have to get to, and that's Intern Stan. Intern Stan, make it happen. stuff. Great stuff, Intern Stan. I, I, I appreciate you, and I value you as an employee of this organization, even though you are a filthy hippie who generally smokes pot. But you do your job. You do your job. You bring in the listeners. You're an internet sensation, and damn it, I'm just so happy that you're here. Thank you, Stan. Thank you. This week on Panel Riot, we are talking about Spider-Man. You may have heard the news. Spider-Man, as uh, Sony and DC came to an agreement, and they will be sharing Spider-Man. Spider-Man's going to show up in some Marvel movies, and it's going to show up in some some of his own movies under the Sony banner, and Marvel's going to help them to not be terrible, as many of them have been. Um, that's exciting. I'm thrilled. I can't wait for Spider-Man to show up in Civil War and, and the Avengers and so on and so forth. He is a wildly popular character. He is an integral part of the Marvel Universe, and he almost always has been. So I am thrilled that he's going to be part of these excellent, excellent movies that we have been blessed with over the past few years. That being said, I don't want to talk about the news anymore. It's been covered. It's been dissected and gone over and done to death. I'm not interested in any more of the Spider-Man news. You know what happened. You know what's going on. You don't need to hear it from me, in addition to every other talking head on the internet. What you do need to hear from me is some sweet, sweet comic book recommendations. And that's what you're going to get this week. In this episode of Panel Riot, I'm going to read some Spider-Man because I enjoy me some Spider-Man. We are going to cover some different eras, some different characters, uh, some different Spider-Men. Eh? That's not a clue. I'm not reading Spider-Men. Um, I could, but uh, that's actually not one of the ones I'm going to read. What I'm going to read is uh, The Death of Gwen Stacy, which is uh, just a two-issue arc from, you know, classic Spider-Man. 
It is one of the definitive Spider-Man stories, and I've, uh, of course, I know what happens, but I've never actually read those two issues, so I'm going to do it, and I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, after that, we are going to read some Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, a little bit of Miles Morales. I'm going to read the first five issues with Miles, because I've never read those either, and I'm going to do it, because I love Spider-Man in comics, which is why I'm doing this podcast. And you don't need to be reminded of that. And finally, we're going to wrap things up with a recent story arc, one that's been ongoing, one that I've been keeping up with. I'm going to go back and uh, reread a few of the issues and talk to you about them, and that is Spider-Verse. Every Spider-Man ever, just about, I think. Uh, I'm thrilled to death to talk about that with you. Uh, I know it's great right off the bat. So, uh, but, hey, that's the third segment. You want to hear about Spider-Verse and how amazing that is? You've got to stick around to the third segment, my friends, and I really appreciate that you do. Uh, but first, we've got to talk about Gwen Stacy. Gwen is going to come up a lot during this podcast. Uh, first, because we just read uh, The Death of Gwen Stacy. We as in I, just one of me, here doing the podcast. Me and intern Stan, he didn't read anything. He's passed out on the couch, as he is at this point in the show every single week. It's a good book. It's a really good book. Great couple of issues. Um, Gwen, as I said, Gwen will come up later in Spider-Verse, in a great iteration of Gwen Stacy. But, um, as I said, uh, these are excellent books. Uh, the They cover Amazing Spider-Man, uh, number 121 and number 122. Um, they start strong. They are uh, straight on the cover. It's got all these different pictures of all the, um, the popular Spider-Man characters. And he's saying someone's going to die. And it's true. It's absolutely true. Someone does die. Now, uh... You all know the story, essentially, of what happens here. Um, Green Goblin throws Gwen Stacy off a bridge. Spider-Man tries to catch her, uh, and in the process, breaks her neck. Um, She falls too far. He webs her ankle, and um, the kind of recoil snaps her neck. And it's really sad. It's really... Let me tell you, this book is really well done and very sad. Um... It was uh, 1973, published in 1973, written by Jerry Conway, uh, drawn by uh, Gil Kane, John Romita, Tony Morte- sorry, Mortellero, Mortarello. Sorry, Tony, I failed you. Um, now, uh, here's a few things you might not know about the uh, about the book. First off, um, uh, the younger. Osborne, the younger Osborne, is uh, sick in bed for the entire couple of issues. Uh, and sick is actually in quotes, because he's actually on acid. And I don't think they knew what acid did back then, because he just lays in bed sweating. And he's perfectly coherent for most of it, uh, but he's freaking out because he's on acid. Um, which, uh, at one point, Peter refers to as mind soap. Hmm. Mind soap. Burning your brain out with mind soap. Great. Why don't we use that more often. I really enjoy that. Anyway, uh, Norman Osborn's kind of breaking with reality. He's freaking out, and he uh, he's blaming Peter and Gwen and uh, Mary Jane for his son's condition of taking acid, apparently. Anyway, he's losing money. He's, he's, really, uh, he's really at his wit's end, and he kind of has a psychotic break. 
and I guess he had uh, amnesia at one point and forgot he was the Green Goblin, and then he freaks out and remembers. Super great. Puts the costume back on. Attack Spider-Man by striking at Gwen Stacy, as you know. Peter, for his part, uh, after he leaves the Osborne home, gets thrown out, he, uh, he's sick. He's, he's miserably sick. He's ill. He's, he can barely walk straight, let alone web-swing. But, as it turns out, web-swinging is exactly what he uh, wants to do. And he does. Dresses up as Spider-Man, which is a stroke of good luck, because he's got, he thinks he's got to get home fast to talk to Gwen, and he finds the purse that he gave Gwen for Christmas and a goblin bomb. Um, he runs around, swings around town for a little bit, um, finally, founds him at the, finds, finally finds them at the George Washington Bridge, and uh, he's sick as a dog. And um, he's getting pretty much goblins getting the best of him. Um, and finally, he he tries to take the goblin out with one punch, one good solid punch, because he knows he's just going to get more and more tired and he's going to get worn out in this fight. So he tries to end it with one punch, nails the goblin right in the face. Great. Uh, it's not a splash page, but it's a great panel where he just uh, clocks the goblin. Goblin goes flying off the glider um, and presumably falls to his death. Uh, Gwen is passed out. Um, she doesn't have any dialogue in this uh, in this scene, and a Goblin recovers, knocks her off the bridge, and you know the rest. Uh, now, the th- here's one the thing about this book: knowing what was coming, I I of course knew what was coming. I've seen the panel. I've seen Gwen Stacy die. I've seen the panels that come afterwards, but it's still it's still emotional. It's so well done and drawn and written that it still packs a wallop. Like, in the lead-up, the the pages before, just reading and knowing what was about to happen, um, you you wish that there was another way. That that maybe it's wrong, maybe he's going to save her, maybe something else is going to happen. But that's not the case. And um, just the little tiny snap that they draw that's right next to her head um, of her neck breaking is heartbreaking and it's so it's so tiny it's almost an afterthought you don't notice it at first it's not like there's no focus on that snap there's no smaller box around it to point it out the there's another sound effect a swick of her of him um, webbing her leg to catch it and he starts pulling her up and he starts you know talking uh the way Spider-Man does, and he's joking and everything like that, and he discovers that she's gone. And it is so sad. It's just, it's just, I mean, there's a reason that this is a standard when it comes to Spider-Man stories. This is, this is part of a gold standard. It's, it's just incredible. And then the, the giant splash page, uh, that ends the thing where he's, you know, cradling Gwen in his arms and she's gone and he's, you know, shaking his fist at the green goblin and at the sky and screaming and and it's 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 an excellent excellent book from top to bottom. You know, it's no accident. Like I said, there's no it's no accident that this is a gold standard when it comes to Spider-Man stories. It's just phenomenal. And in uh, issue 122, it's more of the same. 
He fights the Green Goblin, he chases him all over the city, he has an altercation with the cops, and he's grieving and he's angry and he's lashing out at everybody he comes across. At one point he goes to um, the Osborne house and, you know, lashes out at Harry, who's kind of freaking out, because he's on acid, yeah, like I said, um... And he, he yells at him, and he goes he has to go to the paper, and he yells at... Uh, he goes to the paper dressed as Spider-Man. Um, and, you know, yells at Robbie Robertson, and yells at uh, J. John Jameson, and webs his face shut, and everything like that. And um, he finally finds the Green Goblin, and again, you know what happens. He fights him, he beats the crap out of him, and then he... Uh, he stops... He actually stops. He stops himself from uh, from killing the Green Goblin because he comes close, but he does he does stop himself, and he doesn't want to kill him. And he says, uh, "In another moment, I might have killed him. I would have become like him, a murderer." But the glider, the Goblin glider that was damaged, of course, kind of comes to life and uh, flies at Spider-Man. Spider-Man's spider sense saves him. And it fires into the chest of the goblin, pins him up against the wall, and kills him. And that's it. That is the most one of the most famous Spider-Man stories of all time, and absolutely well-deserved. Uh, I also want to mention that there's an epilogue. There's a one-page epilogue of um, Mary Jane trying to comfort Peter. And Peter basically tells her to go away. He, he you know, lashes out at her the same way he lashed out at everybody else. And he tells her to leave. And she almost does. She walks to the door, and she's crying because he yelled at her, and because her friend is dead, and, and it's just been terrible. And she closes the door, but she stays on the inside. And I feel like that was added to... It's kind of foreshadowing to the relationship that they would have through almost the rest of the uh, the comics. And uh, it's great. It's a, it's a great moment. It's a nice little epilogue to... Uh, to a very emotional and very excellent Spider-Man story. I'm thrilled that I read it. I'm glad I took the time, and I think you should as well. If you have Marvel Unlimited, if you have uh, uh, access to these books at your local comic book store, um, I imagine reprints. I don't. I. I. Uh, I'm curious. Let's let's take a look uh, and find out how much an original copy of this comic would be worth. While I'm doing that, we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors, uh, and then we'll be right back with the answer to that trivia question and more Spider-Man, more Panel Riot. Please stick around. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Hi, everyone. Do you like video games? Do you like reading about video games? Do you like listening to podcasts about video games? Why don't you check out insertcointobegin.com? New articles going up daily, and you can check out our podcast, Boss Battle, on sortatronmedia.com. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out wrestlingmayhemshow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. Mm. Man, I sure love podcasting. I really do. I love this show, and I love those shows, and I love you for listening to them. Check them out, sorgatronmedia.com. And incidentally, folks, listeners, if you have a product, or a thing, or a show, or whatever, if you want it featured on the show, I think we can work something out. 
send us an email, panelriot at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you want featured. I can even read the commercial for you. No fuss, no muss. I'm just looking for sponsors. Sponsors for the show. Let's start up a relationship. Let's have a dialogue. Let's get into it. Panelriot at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at panelriot, at DJ Lunchbox, even at intern Stan. He will help with media appearances. Let us know. We're back. We're talking about Spider-Man. During the break, I did a little bit of research uh, in regards to Amazing Spider-Man 121, the death of Gwen Stacy. On one website, I found uh, the record sale, the highest it's ever gone for, is $3,600. Minimum value, $15. That's not bad. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 122, Death of the Green Goblin, record sale is $1,500, minimum value, 10 bucks. Right now, at this very moment, uh, you, well, probably not the moment that you're hearing this, but the moment that I'm looking at it, you can go on eBay and uh, get a copy of Amazing Spider-Man 121, Death of Gwen Stacy, uh, buy it now price, $225. There's some people watching it, so you need to get on that immediately. Uh, $225. There's another one, uh, $76, which um, uh, has 20 bids, 295 with uh, uh, 27 people watching. Um, if you're willing to part with round about two to $300, you can get your hands on a copy of this, uh, this here comic original version. Next up, we're going to change gears a little bit. We're going to change Spider-Mens a little bit. Uh, and we're going to talk about Miles Morales and the Ultimate Universe. Um, so, uh, essentially what has happened is the Peter Parker of the Ultimate Universe has died. He died fighting the Green Goblin, fighting the good fight, uh, saving the people that he loved and that he cared about, but he actually did, in continuity, die. And uh, this new young man, Miles Morales, has uh, risen to take the mantle of Spider-Man. Now, how did all that happen? Well, I'll tell you. This book covers his, uh, it's, it's basically his origin story, so to speak. Uh, Miles is a uh, young inner-city kid, and um, he is African-American and Puerto Rican. Um, he is, uh, he's young, he's in... Um, Oh, it doesn't matter. He's young. He's very young. And uh, in the opening of the story, he is um, in this uh, kind of lottery to go to a charter school, uh, which is kind of his ticket out of uh, of the neighborhood that he lives in. Um, his father, he, he wins the lottery. He gets in. His father is very proud of him. His mother is uh, very happy, and as is his uncle. He finds out um, his uncle and his father do not like each other very much. Um, well, he knew this part, but he was going to visit his uncle anyway, and he finds out later on that it turns out his uncle is a thief. Um, and you may know him by the name The Prowler, which we find out later. I didn't know that he was The Prowler, and um, you see him robbing a safe in Oscorp, which is how the uh, the irradiated spider gets into uh, Miles' uncle's apartment. Anyway, the outfit he wears kind of looks like a take on Deadpool, and for some reason I thought it was Deadpool. Turns out it's not, which is fine. But um, it's worth mentioning the book opens with... Actually, let's go a little further back. So this is Brian Michael Bendis, who is a phenomenal writer. I've spoken about him before. I love reading his books. They're 
almost uniformly excellent, uh, specifically the dialogue. The dialogue isn't just words to him, it's delivered in such a way that you can believe that these are words a person would say. Uh, each character has personality in the way they speak, and it's, um, it's, it's really uh, impressive because it's not something you see as often as you should in comics. Um, and it's entertaining. It's so much fun to read. It's, it's funny, and it's stylish, and it's, it's, it's just great. It's, it's wonderful. Now, the book opens on um, Norman Osborn speaking to a scientist in Oscorp, and he basically lays it out all out on the line for him. He says that uh, you can't tell anybody this, but I created Spider-Man. Here's how it happened. And uh, they have a little back-and-forth banter there, and it's, it's great. It's hilarious. Um, and it's this scientist's job to replicate the spider that created Spider-Man, and he's working on it. And apparently he succeeded because number 42 escapes from his box, and that's the one that travels in the bag, and that's the one that bites Miles. Interestingly enough, when they are pulling numbers in the lottery for the school, Miles number, number 42. I enjoy that. I hope they leave it at that and it doesn't come back in later. Um, Miles goes to his uncle's to tell him what happened, and uh, his father finds him there, has a confrontation with his uncle. Miles runs away, and on the streets of New York, suddenly discovers that he can become invisible. Which is fascinating, because that was never a power that uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man had. But this Spider-Man does indeed have it. Uh, and that's the end of the first issue. I read the first five. Um, Ultimate Comics, all-new Spider-Man. Um, and they're... I mean, they're, they're wonderful. They're, these are great comics. I enjoy them tremendously. As I said, Brian Michael Bendis is the writer. Sarah Pacelli is the artist. Colors by Justin Ponsor. Uh, and it's just, top to bottom, a great book to read. The art is good. The dialogue is good. It's it's fun. It's fast-paced. It's emotional. It's just wonderful. Um, so, uh, second issue, Miles uh, kind of in different ways discovers that he has these powers. He jumps over a television that uh, people are moving. He fends off some bullies with a uh, kind of a, a spider sting that he discovers that he has. It's kind of a zap. Um, and uh, he goes to his uh, his friend Genki. Genki is a slightly overweight, I believe, Asian child, um, and he's building Legos. And uh, basically, he's the only person that Miles uh, can trust and tell about these kind of things. Genki thinks it's awesome. Miles is not uh, as impressed. What happens next is a, uh, a long conversation between Miles and his dad, and his dad kind of lays it out on the line for him. He tells him the truth about his uncle, about how he used to be a thief, and about how um, he himself used to be as the, a thief. And they used to uh, they used to have robberies together, and he decided to go straight, and his uncle did not. And it's a great conversation. It's a great few pages. Um, it's very emotional, and like I said, the dialogue, the way that Bendis writes his dialogue really lends itself uh, to the story because you can tell that um, you you can really feel the emotion. You can see it in the words and the delivery, and it's not just the art because the art is excellent and that really adds to it. But um, the delivery of the dialogue 
really uh, adds a whole new layer to it as opposed to just being exposition. You really feel like it's a conversation between a father and his son. It's it's just great. Anyway, so they're interrupted by, um, oh, I don't know, I guess the Human Torch and Iceman flying by. And um, his father makes an offhand comment about how uh, mutants are terrible and they should just round them up and let us live our lives like normal human beings. Not great. Not great. He wants to leave the city altogether. Either way, they leave. Uh, it turns out Genki uh, did some research, um, texts Miles about it, and uh, he finds out that he's the new Spider-Man because it comes out that Spider-Man was bit by a spider to become Spider-Man, written by Ben Urich, uh, or however that's pronounced. I never knew. And th he shares this with Miles, which encourages Miles to see, oh, maybe I am Spider-Man, and he climbs up the wall and onto his ceiling, discovering that he does have Spider-Man powers, just like, you know, Spider-Man. Um, which he's not actually thrilled with. The last panel of the second issue is just him saying, oh, no. Uh, as things go on in the third issue. He tries his hand at a little superheroics. He uh, goes into a burning building, saves a lady, and saves a young child uh, and enjoys it, but it really spooks him. It really scares him and he doesn't want to use his powers anymore. Um, so he doesn't. He kind of he kind of hides. He goes to his new charter school, starts, um, starts his time there, which is great. He gets to room with Genki, which is his friend, and the third guy who they all really enjoy named Judge. Um, one night, they're all pulled out of bed because there is a uh, an emergency drill. Um, there is some kind of like superheroics going on, and the Queensboro Bridge is kind of a war zone. And um, Miles decides to use his powers and go investigate. As it turns out, what is happening in that war zone is Peter Parker's last stand. It's his final fight against the Green Goblin and Miles arrives basically just in time to see Peter die. And it really affects him, because he decides that if he had started using his powers when he discovered that he had them, he could have been there. He could have helped. He could have saved them. There's a scene at uh, Peter Parker's funeral where all these, like, hundreds and thousands of people are massed around this giant church, and um, they push their way to the front, and Miles kind of pulls, like, flags down Gwen Stacy, and he says, "Why does he become? Why did he become Spider-Man?" And she glares at him, and then she turns around and lays it out for him. She says, uh, "Because of his uncle and great power and great responsibility and everything like that." And my favorite line of the whole thing is, um, Miles says, "Why do you wear a mask, though?" And she says, "Because he didn't." need anyone to know that he was a hero and it looked bleeping cool fantastic absolutely fantastic basically what happens next is um, he decides to become Spider-Man because the world needs a Spider-Man uh, Genki buys him a, a Halloween costume he goes out in the Halloween costume trying to do some heroics gets intercepted by Spider-Woman and that goes poorly because she feels it's in poor taste which it is. She knocks him out, sort of, takes him to S.H.I.E.L.D., where he meets the Avengers and Nick Fury. 
Um, Electro, who is being held by S.H.I.E.L.D., breaks out. Long story short, he takes out Electro, and Nick Fury gives him a, uh, a real Spider-Man costume, the, uh, the black and red costume that you know very well if you're, uh, if you're familiar with uh, the new Ultimate Spider-Man. These books are amazing. I can't believe I didn't read this sooner. <laughs> it's great. They're funny. They're heartfelt. The action's great. Um, the art is is wonderful, and um, it's a rarity with uh, with Marvel. They like to you know every few cycles change creative teams. They change the artist and the writer out, and it becomes an entirely different book. Um, since the beginning, Ultimate Spider-Man has been written by Brian Michael Bendis, as far as I know. Yes, it has. We on a very early episode we talked about this with Mike Sorg, um, and there's that you can tell there's that steady hand on the wheel, and without surprise, Ultimate Spider-Man has always been relatively critically acclaimed across the board, um, and especially with Miles Morales, they love it. Uh, everybody loves it. I don't know anyone who reads this book and thinks it's it's not good. He has become a tentpole for the uh, ultimate line, and there's a a solid chance that when they do the um, the you know battle world and everything like that, where the all the universes mash up, um, a lot of people are saying that the whole reason that it's happening is to get Miles Morales to the 616 universe. Is it 616? I can never keep those numbers straight. To get him into the main Marvel universe, which, uh, fine. That's good. Let's have a bunch of fun, and if we get Miles in the regular universe when it's all said and done, more power to them. There's nothing to complain about. Uh, He's a great character, and as long as you keep Bendis writing him, I'm on board. So what you need to do, my recommendation to you, is that you go to panelriot.com. On the left-hand side, you will see a link that says Amazon. Click on that link, and there will be a link there where you can buy these comics, these uh, comics featuring Miles Morales. I think you should do that. I think you should do that immediately. You should pause the podcast, go and do that, and buy. And then when you're secure in the knowledge that these comics are headed your way, return. Listen to the word from our sponsor, and then enjoy the rest of Panel Riot. Because up next, Miles Morales returns, as does Gwen Stacy in Spider Verse. Stick around. In or around the Pittsburgh area, check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut, check. Manny, check. Petty, check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at spapgh.com. That's S P A P G H.com today. Because when you feel good, you look even better. Ah, metamorphosis. I do love it there wonderful place. Check them out, spotpgh.com. They are delightful. And if you are in the Pittsburgh area, go and give them a visit. They will work wonders for you. I promise. That's Papa Lunchbox. Promise. Panel Riot, promise. We're talking Spider-Man. We're talking Spider-Verse. And I gotta tell you, this, uh, this is one of the funnest 
comic series that I have read for quite a while. I love Spider-Verse, if anything, just because it's a blast. It's, it's a love letter to all things Spider-Man. The idea is there are these, um, these uh, creatures called the Inheritors, and uh, they feed on totem powers. You may know them if you've read Spider-Man or listened to the show before. Um, you may know them from my favorite Spider-Man arc written by uh, J. Michael Straczynski, in which uh, he fought a character named Morlin, who is this kind of unstoppable creature who fed on totem powers. Well, Morlin is actually incorporated in this story, but he's part of a uh, larger family of creatures that do this. Uh, And for whatever reason, they start rampaging all throughout the multiverse, feeding on Spider-Men, men and women and creatures. There are a lot of spider creatures involved here. Um, Let's just kind of have a quick list here, okay? Billy Braddock, alias Spider UK. Um, Aaron Aikman, who's a young scientist who fights crime using a gadget-laden spider suit high-tech body armor. Patton Parnell, a kind of bloodthirsty variant of Spider-Man. Penny Parker, who's a Japanese middle school student um, who created giant spider mech. Spider-Woman, who's a alternate version of Gwen Stacy, who we're going to talk about uh, quite a bit here. She's also known as Spider-Gwen, and in her universe, it was Peter Parker who died, and not her, which is um, fascinating. She is probably the most successful character to come out of this entire Spider-Verse storyline. She's getting her own comic, her own ongoing, um, based purely off of the rabid fan response that happened when uh, she was debuted, when she had her own little story in the uh, Spider-Verse team-up kind of one-shots that they were doing, um, which I think might have surprised Marvel. Uh, and But the fan response was so rabid. They loved the character design. They loved the idea of Spider-Gwen. So great move by them. Gave her her own ongoing series. I think it's great. I'm a big fan of uh, of that and um, but next up we have uh, Spider Moon Man, where humans live on the moon. Hostess Twinkies Cakes Advertisement Spider Man. Yes, that's a real thing. Old Man Spider, um, who's actually uh, Ezekiel, who took up the Spider Man mantle after his reality's Peter Parker was killed by Morlin. Uh, Cosmic Spider Man, which is just what it sounds like. Spider Man kept the Enigma Force and. Uh, that happened. Cyborg Spider-Man, again, self-explanatory. Lady Spider, a.k.a. May Riley, um, kind of a steampunk spider lady. Man Spider, where he kind of freaks out and uh, suffers a serious allergic reaction. Can't really be helpful, um, but uh, he is discovered by six-armed Spider-Man in Spider-Man Noir. Yes, Spider-Man Noir also shows up. Uh, they heal him and leave him alone so that one Parker family would have a happy ending because, you know, May is still alive, as is Uncle Ben, and so on and so forth. Spider-Punk, just what it sounds like. Earth-11 Spider-Girl, Penelope Parker. Uh, Hobgoblin, which is actually Peter Parker, but as a Hobgoblin. Uh, Spider-Man of Mexico, son of a luchador who died after being betrayed by his tag team partner. 
really, really fantastic stuff. That issue actually came out uh, in all Spanish, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. Regency Spider-Man. He is. Uh, I don't really know. He's just another flippin' Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Mam, where it's Aunt May instead of regular Spider-Man. You get the point. Um, a lot of Spider-Men in uh, in the Spider-Verse. Uh, and, of course, there is uh, Spider-Woman from the Ultimate Universe, Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe, Spider-Woman from the 616 Universe. Um, there is Spider-Ham makes an appearance, as does a kind of Spider-Monkey... There is um, an Indian Spider-Man, and of course, uh, Doctor Octopus. His version of Spider-Man, the Superior Spider-Man, shows up as well. They have been foreshadowing this series for quite a long time. There was mentions of it in Superior Spider-Man when uh, regular Peter came back, and they relaunched or uh, not Ultimate Amazing Spider-Man. They, of course, was foreshadowing it then as well. And then there's the Edge of Spider-Verse, which was everyone discovering what was coming uh, kind of um, before the main attacks happened. I feel like the biggest draw in this uh, this book is seeing all these different Spider-Men and seeing them interact. That's that's, um, probably one of the biggest parts of it. There's not actually a lot of plot. Um, there's a lot of fighting the inheritors and running from them and kind of things are slowly getting revealed. There's a prophecy at one point, but really it's, um, there's not, uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of in-depth plot. It's all the characters and the way they interact with each other. Um, the art is a big part of this because, um, depending on what universe the Spider-Man is from, he's drawn that way. So you have, like, cartoon Spider-Man that is drawn, like, and shaded the exactly the way he is in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Um, they go and see 60s Spider-Man, and he's drawn... <laughs> he's drawn exactly the way he is in the 60s cartoon. It's all flat and very little shading and everything like that, and, you know, the characters of that universe act the way they do... in <laughs> in that universe, but they're interacting with, like, Miles Morales, and, um and the ultimate cartoon Spider-Man. It's uh, it's fun. Like I said, it's it's a lot of fun. There's not a lot of plot. There's not a lot of twists and turns and intricacies to worry about. All you really need to know is that this comic is a blast. Now, there are there's spin-offs. Uh this this comic uh encompasses Amazing Spider-Man and then there's Spider-Verse team up the main Spider-Verse series, which I think is just two issues. Uh, Spider-Woman, Scarlet Spiders, that's right, they bring in some of the clones. Spider-Man 2099, uh, and I think that's it, actually. And um, the art is gorgeous. All the main stories, the Spider-Verse comics and the Amazing Spider-Man comics are written by Dan Slott. And I think a few of the Spin-offs are written by Dan Slott as well. Um, I don't want to give too much away here. I don't want to, you know, give you spoilers because there's what little twists and turns there are um, are worth sticking around for. You know what I mean? You find out who the inheritors are. You find out um, why they're so hard to kill. You find out, you know, you well, 
I mean, it's a, it's a story. You find out everything. Um, although not much about the prophecy. There are still a few things that uh, are not answered. They don't really get into the prophecy too much. There's a character who they introduce, but they don't actually reveal who that person is. Um, and uh, as of this recording, the Spider-Verse storyline is done. It's it's wrapped up. They, uh, they finished. There's an epilogue coming, which I think will answer a couple of the questions, but... Um, there's a there's a lot left uh, to it, but it, it's a blast. It's a blast. Go to panelriot.com and check it out. Um, I don't know if it's out in the trade paperback, but I'll I'll link what I can when I get there. Um, if you like Spider-Man, if you've been a fan for for a while, this is a book for you. This is a great book for you. Uh, it uh, it's got a lot to do with the villains, and like I said, every Spider-Man. Every Spider-Man, woman, animal, all of it—it's all here, in one way or the other. It's—it's it's fun. That's the best I can say about it. It's not—you're not, not going to find a lot of like heart-wrenching moments. Um, it's fun. The action scenes are great. The dialogue is good, uh, and it's a blast. So go and check it out. Now, panelriot.com. Click on the Amazon link. You know the rest. And that's it. I think that'll do it for this week's uh, episode of Panel Riot. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, Before we go, though, I want to share a little bit of exciting news for you. Listening to Panel Riot is easier than ever. Head on over to PanelRiot.com, click the link that says Most Recent Episode, and there it is. There it is. You can listen to Panel Riot right in your browser. Easy peasy, summer breezy. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can even follow internet sensation, teen heartthrob, filthy hippie stoner, at Intern Stan. The show is available, as you probably know, at least one of these, I would think, uh, on Stitcher Smart Radio, Spreaker, iHeart Radio, and, of course, iTunes. If you get a second, head on over to iTunes, leave us a star rating, talk about what you think of the show, uh, because that's how... um, we go up the charts, that's how we get well-known, so on and so forth, and uh, and I would really, really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, of course, for listening. I want to know what you think of the show. Uh, please email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, what you think of the new Spider-Man news. Uh, did you read Spider-Verse? Who's your favorite Spider-Man or Spider-Lady or Spider-Animal? I want to know all of it. Thanks for listening, true believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.